Welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Every week, I host live chats via our YouTube channel with leaders in the AFL and high-performance industries. Join me live every Sunday at 6pm where I debrief the recent chats and announce the upcoming guests. We drop an inspiring and educational episode every Monday. If you like the show, please follow us on your favourite podcast app. Hi guys, today's our first Friday episode. So super exciting news, we're now launching a new episode on Mondays and Fridays. If you're a fan of the podcast, make sure to hit the Spotify notification button to never miss an episode. Today on the show, we have Nalish Murty. He is an athlete performance physiotherapist working with the GWS Giants. Nalish has a strong background in football medicine, especially in end-stage sports-specific rehabilitation. He has completed his football diploma and currently completing his sports physio degree. Let's get into today's episode. There he is. There we go. How you going, mate? Yeah, going well, mate. Thanks for jumping on. You're right. This was, um, uh, what, two months or three months in the making? Yeah, we got there. <laughs> Persistence, <laughs> hey? <laughs> How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm going well, mate. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This is the, uh, the modern day way of catching up nowadays for us networking people in the industry. Yeah, over yeah, the- yeah, it is. COVID's, uh, let- COVID's poked a lot of holes, haven't, hasn't it? It sure has. Uh, yeah, but I'm looking forward to this one, mate. Um, there's been a few that have reached out and, and uh, given you plenty of love, so you've yeah, got nice. good res- respect in the industry. Let, let's dive in. Um, take us back to the beginning. At, at what age did you discover you had a, uh, a passion for, for performance, but also specifically in your area of, of physio and medicine? Um, I think it's like every physio, um, physio's um, journey. I think I played sport, um, got injured, had good and bad experiences. Um, so from there, obviously, the physio side of things kicked in. Um, I think, you know, come year 10, 11, 12, um, and played football at an okay level. But um, I think when it all kind of came together was obviously um, football stopped, but then you're trying to go, okay, cool, what do I want to do? Um, and it, yes, of course, you want to still be involved with sport. It stops, but then, you know, it sounds pretty corny, but as a physio, or being a physio, I was looking forward to actually, you know, help. How can I help people? How can I, um, you know, make the impact? It does sound corny and very cliche, but um, they're the things that probably got me going. And then obviously being in sport, I'm um, involved in sport all my life. I'm like, okay, what's, what's another way to continue being involved in, you know, something that I'm passionate in and obviously that's sport. So that linked yeah. up really well. And I think physio kicked in to help people in a career in medicine and, you know, with, with a um, window to grow and become more. Um, was the path and then obviously sport kicked in was obviously like you know um, any, any, every male and female you love it and h- how do I bring that into my workplace and it kind of all kind of fell together mate so um, that's how um, physio came in the picture the, um, I didn't get a UAI or ATAR of 99 unfortunately so I yeah. um, went the long way which was um, a good journey yeah yeah nice and can you recall the first physio that um, either worked with you as an athlete or, or that you um, that you met? Um, yeah, um, <laughs> Bruno Vidage and um, Adrian Vidage. I wouldn't say, um, looking back now, I had the best management. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I don't think I'd, when I played, um, you know, football, or soccer, as we call it, um, I didn't have the best management. And that's probably purely why um, I think um, it made me itch to kind of be in that sport end or highest performance end of things. Um, yeah. Because, uh, and in the football world, um, I personally think 
Um, the side of physio sometimes back in those kind of days, not saying that old, but was missed. It was a lot of soft tissue. Yep, jump on the bed, give you a flush, give you some you know static stretches, and off you go. Um, play the sport. I'll bring the ice spray as well. I'm sure, you've seen the yeah. ice spray come out in the Euro Euros. Um, so stuff like that. Obviously, um, burnt a hole in how I wanted to practice physio and where I thought was a gap. And obviously, the industry is changing. Um, year by year and so it's moving in the right direction so yeah and i think that's how physio happened obviously working with multiple different physios which obviously we'll get to but um they're the ones that probably have polished me in a way of a physio that i want to become and um continue um grow into so yeah yeah cool yeah so you, did you did you know at the time um that you know your management wasn't at, at an optimal level or was it just sort of what you what you knew and you thought geez maybe yeah. that this could be could be done better. Maybe I should pursue or, or do some homework myself, and that's where the the path started. Was it through help helping your own management? Um, well, I think it, it was purely. I think first, I, I didn't know. Um, education wasn't a thing. Um, I think you speak to every physio. Education is an important pillar you have. Education wasn't a thing. It was a patch and dispatch. Put a band aid on it. Go play. Um, yeah. You know, um, strength. And again, if you know football, no one goes in the gym. You don't lift. Um, you know, it, it's it's foreign. It's it's cancerous. You don't lift. You get sore and you get slow. Um, yeah. So, um, <laughs> which is a big contrast these days. But um, that was how I ventured off. But obviously, when I kind of met different physios within the sporting realm, um, yeah. that probably occurred while I was playing and also um, doing my bachelor's um, in sports science, which was my first undergrad. Um, that's when I started seeing the different physios. Um, and then I, um, obviously was, you know, very lucky to do my honors project, which, a project which actually involved the Giants. And then I got a bit of a taste of, oh, wait, this is what a, um, you know, sports physio or, or a good clinical physio or a rehab physio or a performance environment looks like. And this is what I've been missing. Um, yeah. and from there, and that was like now 12 years ago. Oh, it, yeah. And, and I was just like, oh, fuck. This is what it's like. There's no inferential machine here. There's no heat pack. There's no tense machine. Yeah. You know, guys yeah. are actually lifting tin um, and guys are running and, and they're modified. And, and, you know, so that's when I think everything started falling into place for me was this is what management is. Um, yep. And from there, I think my vision turned into I don't want to just become a physio to help people. I want to be a physio at, um, at the pointy end of things. Um, and, um, you know, obviously continue my passion of, um, you know, being involved in sport and um, to some capacity as obviously, um, you know, one, a physio, but also as an individual because I think, um, you know, me being involved for my ninth season now at the Giants, um, it, it's definitely developed, like, you know, grown me as a physio, but personally as well, you see the different side of things and, yeah, it's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, okay. So yeah. how did you, for, for sports scientists, physios, uh, anyone in the field really, like how did you go about getting your – getting into the GWS, you mentioned you did your honours there. Um, yep. Take us through the, the steps. Yep. Did you reach out with someone at uni? Where was the connection with the club? Um, so I think it all kicked off. Um, I did my bachelor's degree and um, in the last year, team GWS popped up. Not too sure if yep. everyone knows how all that worked out. Um, uni sent an email, who wants to get involved? And I think out of the cohort of 200 and something, um, three people sent an email through. Um, oh, I was really? one of the three, yeah. Um, got involved and it, it wasn't much. Um, that's where I obviously met Lockie Walmart and you know, a couple other coaches and stuff that are still around. Um, and it wasn't much. You were strapping, taking water out, you were watching the physios, you were watching the docs. Um, and for me, obviously, that's, you know, 
better than nothing. Um, yeah. And from there, I think, you know, I've done, I did my project and um, I can say it now, it was a very tactical minus project and it wasn't in terms of anything that I'd continue on um, because you know, I found out then the Giants were going to become a team. Um, I had a supervisor who wanted, honest, wanted me as an honest student, so I kind of approached the Giants with a topic that they would be interested in. Um, yeah. And it was one, obviously, tick off um, honours thing to be to set myself apart, you know, because yep. you, you can easily go do undergrad, masters, get all the books, and set yourself apart. And to be honest, I'd never do honours again. It was a tough year, learned a lot about myself. It's a different, you know, realm of things in education. Um, yeah. But I used that to obviously get into the Giants in terms of um, you know, communicating with them. Um, that's went through um, John Quinn, yep. who you know, um, after. You know, a couple of tough conversations, um, interviews, and he kind of said, yep, no worries, well, let's do it, um, which is really good because what it did was, um, what I say, tactical, it was, yes, I'm doing my honours project there, but it was it gave me the door to go, okay, cool, I can put my foot in the physio end and say hi to the physio boys and you know, show my interest and observe and um, get paid in knowledge and rock up and do hours, and that's how it all kicked off um, mm. eventually. Um, obviously, during that time, by that, Say that on as you finish, I started my masters, finished that. I'm obviously still doing hours of the Giants in terms of observing, um, watching, get hands on where I can. Obviously, go watch. You know, back then we had a strength coach with Lockham Wilmot, jump in the gym with him, and ask the questions as you should. Um, so things like that worked out, and obviously, um, from there I had you know, um, also in, yeah, different mentors or you know figures um, in my career then early on, which kind of pointed me in different different directions of you know observing is one thing, but getting your hands dirty is another. So yeah. that kind of probed me to you know go work in different clinics. Um, um, I worked at two different clinics and um, also juggled the giants. Um, and then I, again, one of my mentors kind of said, "Hey, you can't be like every other physio because everyone every physio wants to fill the gap to be the rehab physio or fill that bridge that gap of end stage." Um, you know, yeah. why don't you try to, you know, spread your wings a bit and become a great clinical physio, um, you know, and go, go spend some time and do some stuff at an osteopath clinic and, and other physio clinic. And from there, I think it all kind of panned out well together. And then um, going back, you know, like I think the big message on I remember, you know, by then, you know, I'm working in the Giants. Um, you know, we had Wilmot, David Joyce, you know, Leroy, um, Timmy Palm and all those guys and Luke Heath and, I think collectively, I think, you know, I, I came to understand that, you know, I think the gap in the industry is that, you know, there's no kind of transition between physio SNC or physio and end stage. But then the, there was a bigger gap where every physio wanted to be that end stage physio but forgot physio 101, mm -hmm. um, um, which, you know, I think is a gap. And then it kind of nailed me to go, okay, cool, how do I become a great clinical physio and use this time to also, you know, spread my wings and, you know, observe get my hands dirty because I'm at the Giants doing the rehab side of things and, you know, be involved with the strength side of things and then learn all the strength rehab stuff. So it's kind of been really good because um, I wouldn't think my drives got me there. Um, I think the people that have influenced my careers got me there um, by conversations, you know, fucking up a couple of things, um, you know, trying to think you're bigger than you are. Then you realise, oh, wait, you know, how do I not miss that? How do I miss that diagnosis? How is that management? That's what I've managed and I, I'm, you know, like it, it kind of, poked holes in my career early yeah, on yeah, yeah. Um, yep. and then it kind of took me back going hey wait like you know why am I trying to be this end stage physio guy when I haven't cleaned cleaned up my one-on-one -on -one physio skills yeah, clinical yeah. skills and I think now you know like it's 
maybe fast forward two to nine years into the Giants and um, you know, look back at it, I'm glad I've kind of take that, taken that process and built it up that way because, um, you know, it, it makes you well-rounded as a yep. clinician um, and also as, you know, yes, the coach terms loosely used, but, a, you know, a rehab side of things because you can understand day one, day two, and all the way to, you know, day 365 when they go back out on the pitch and whatever it is. Um, to make you know like a valued physio and a um, you know with all the tools you need. Um, not saying I've got that right now, but I think that's the vision I was kind of in, um, you know put into me eventually. So yeah, yeah, fantastic. I mean, it's a good topic around sort of like what you're mentioning. Like you've got to be well rounded to have that generalist approach and and get your hands dirty if you're you know in the medical world, not just stay into the the, the medical tent or the medical room, but get into the gym floor, floor like I said. Yeah. Lachlan or get on the on the field and, and watch a, a speed based session um, and and help out you know essentially especially if you're working in sport with the rehab you've got to understand the, the demands of the sport and then how to be able to work in the gym floor work on the on the field work on the on the uh, uh, in the clinic uh, in terms of screening assessments and all that so you have to have it all but then ultimately you want to have like you're talking about now which your mentor mentioned be really good at one thing too like have a specialist have a specialty. Um, yeah, I, I think hat. people forget. Sorry, I just butted in. People forget we're physios. Be good at our, mm. you know, our first pillar of things. Um, be good at that before you go. Be good at other stuff. Um, but I think on the back of what you said, I think the biggest important thing is you got to start speaking. If you want to work in the footy club, and I've, I've, I've learnt this, um, you know, over the time, is you need to speak everyone else's language. Mm. You know, because no one knows your language. If you rock up as a physio um, and you say, this is what we're doing, this is what we're doing, it's not going to go far. You've got to speak the strength coach's language. You've got to speak the high-performance language. <laughs> You've got to know the coach's language. And, you know, ultimately, you want to know the performance department's um, philosophy, goals, and where they're going. And that's how you'll fit in um, within this space, I, I personally think. We'll be right back after this short break to explain our most popular online program. I want to introduce you to Prepare Like a Pro Online. This is more than just an online program. This is a virtual high-performance program at its finest. Not only are you getting structured strength and conditioning, you're getting customized load selections, detailed video tutorials, so we're giving you the guidance on exactly how much to lift, how fast to run, and how to perform the movement. You'll be able to access your training program and upload your training loads during workouts through the Team Builder app on your phone. Access to our exclusive academy group, giving you the opportunity to connect with a community of like-minded athletes and to continue to educate yourself about cutting-edge research and elite techniques for performance with our regular posts and discussion forums. The programs are specific with seasonal timing, your playing position, age and goal in mind. These specific programs are designed to help you reach your body composition goals of gaining, reducing, or maintaining weight. The Prepare Like a Pro online program is an end-to-end coaching service without the big price tag. Sign up today to attack your goals and be the fastest, strongest, and most resilient version of you on game day. For more information about this program, click the link in our Instagram bio. Welcome back to the show. And and. When did you recognise that? Like you mentioned, you're nine years in, so you've had great experience in that. Like, how long did it take to get there? And and um, how did you? Did, did was there mentors that helped build that awareness, or is that something that you've just 
learnt through adapting uh, in your career? Yeah, oh, well, um, definitely mentors. Like, oh, I can't come here and sit on a space that I worked in a different, different club. My, my training has been very different. I've been in the club, same club for nine years, with three different high-performance managers, four different head physios and other physios yeah. around me and SSC coaches around me and, you know, four different doctors as well. So I think being around all those individuals and obviously there's highlighted of, you know, like I said, David Joyce, Walmart, Natera, Paulos, all those guys that are there at the moment, physio-wise, you know, you know Luke Heath and Colin Ball and Lyra Lobo, Tim Palmlock, all those guys, I think, unintentionally mentored me, if that makes sense, um, because I was around in you know, conversations and meetings and, like I said, you know, learn from mistakes and has this been communicated up the chain? Has, has it, does the conditioning guys know he can't be doing, you know, change direction because he's doing this? And, and it's come from, you know, obviously being around it all. Um, yeah. And like I said, I'm grateful because it's not something you pick up on a textbook. Um, it, you pick this up by doing it. Um, and I think you, you pick it up by, um, most importantly, standing back and acknowledging your, um, you know, keep referring to fuck-ups, but, you know, your faults. Um, yeah. Because if you're not all day one and you don't step back and, you know, evaluate yourself and critique yourself and get better, you, you ain't, you're not in it. You know, surviving the footy world. And, you know, GWS, so they were starting out when you when you were doing your honours. You mentioned it was, it was a tactical decision to get it, almost to get a foot in the door, which makes a lot of sense and, and set you up. Um, were you looking at, uh, you, you mentioned you played football, soccer. Were you looking at um, A-League teams as well? Like what made you decide? Um, AFL? I've, it's funny, I never really had an interest in um, AFL at all, early days. Yeah. <laughs> at all. Um, the goal was to, you know, become a sports physio or, um, and, you know, venture my way into the EPL and do the, you know, things that I've obviously been passionate about watching, you know, go to the EPL or go working in Europe. So that's still the somewhat dream. Um, it, it's, it's um, a path that I think will take longer than I really thought if I want to think I'm the right guy to go overseas. And it's initially four years and you're like, sweet, I'll apply for all. Now I'm nine years in, I'm like, wait, I've still got to tick off this, 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 this. And you know, how am I good at this? Have I polished the skill? And you'll never be perfect, but you just could be, like I said, aware of what you can and can't do and where you need to improve on. And that's the only way you'll improve. But yeah, to... um kind of go back to that yeah i got involved in the afl and then slowly fell in love with it um and purely because i think of the people that were around me um to you know mentor me and push me in the direction and show me you know yeah, like you know, david joyce was one of them he, he kind of you know pushed me in direction to do different different courses and think outside the box like you know um, exos course um you know um uh, my strength level one and two and you know something more outside the box with you know i think it's you know been really really beneficial um as the time's gone on is doing you know a leadership course and a couple of done two leadership courses um because i think you know ultimately um as your podcast highlights you know you want to be in football but i think you know in football it's not just being being about the better physio or the best physio or best ssa coach it's, it's about being a, you know you've worked work in a football club it's about being a good manager being you know asset to the club and you know being able to communicate learn the culture systems and processes that's how you survive um, but yeah. then you back that up with your good clinical skills as a physio or as a strength and conditioning coach, whatever your assets are. So, um, yeah. Yeah, love that, mate. T- take us through, you thought it would be, you you know, be at the EPL like sooner. What For those that have similar ambitions and um, may not be at the level that you are where they've had the experience at elite club at all, um, 
what what have you learned throughout your last experiences that you know in terms of polishing those skills what skills are you are you working on currently um i think my initial thing was okay cool i've done my masters i've done four years but runs on the board i've got the label of working in sport they'll get me there yeah um but then jumping on i think um having multiple couple of interviews at different different places hearing those um Hearing, um, then jumping in or jumping in an interview and sitting there, someone asking a question, and you're just like, oh, "That's physio one hundred and one." I think they're the things. Um, so that's what's made me highlight. I want to become a complete physio. I think when I think of clinically comfortable, um, you know, being uh, more of a senior role and being challenged, and you know, being in a position where I've had to, you know, had heated conversation with the head coach or coaching yep. department. Is I think that's when you know the stepping stone starts because. If you follow the EPO, it's not just being about a physio, it's about, again, surviving the rat race there. Mm. Um, so, and it, it comes down to having coaches and being able to manage players in different, different European countries. Um, you know, like I said, football, um, weight is cancerous. You know, people don't want to lift. They're on legs every day, which is very foreign to, you know, the AFL world. Uh, you know, you've seen it. If our yeah. players go on, on, on feet three days in a row, they're done. Um, so, yeah. you know, someone will blow up. <laughs> so, I think, um, I think I just want to be able to, you know, have a full armory. And uh, this is a bit of a fear and rejection thing. I won't lie. Um, am I ready? Do I yep, want to do yep, an interview yep. and, you know, um, not be ready for this? So, um, but, you know, like I said to you, you know, three months ago when we chatted, and I think life comes in the way as well, and that slowed me down, which is a positive because, you know, family and so forth. But we'll get there, and I think, you know, we'll, there's a path. I haven't planned it. It's paving itself and see where it leads. Yeah, love it, mate. I love, love the honesty as well. Um, if you don't mind, we'll, we'll dive into that topic of, of interviews uh, a little bit more. You mentioned, like, Quinny, with your honours, asked you a couple of hard questions, and, and I'm sure uh, over <laughs> your career you've had, you've had plenty. Um, what, off top of mind, what are, what are some uh, challenging questions that you've had that stretched you and, and that would be good for, for listeners like yeah. in, anyone in the field to, to, yeah. to wrap their heads um, around on how, how they'd answer that question? I think the, I still remember with Quinny. Um, I, st- I think I still remember with Quinny. He was basically like, don't know how the wording went, but basically like, why the fuck am I gonna get you, mate? Like, we've got, we're just setting up the club. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I was like 20, 20, or 20 yeah, twenty, I reckon. Yeah. And I sat there. I, I just, I, I was, I panicked. I, I, as, yeah, you, as you would, know, obviously, you know, you Google, you Google John Quinn. Google these people, you know, and um, I don't know what I said. I said something that worked. Um, so <laughs> questions like that, you're gonna be able to get ready. You're gonna get ready for. Um, why, why are you? Um, why are you so important? Because guess what? Everyone yep. else is important as well. Because there's two hundred and two hundred twenty people in my um, two hundred twenty people have um graduated. Um, why are you? What's so special about you? Um, you know, questions like that. I think early days. Um, yep. kind of got to me how, how have I set myself apart why, why am I not like what, everyone else has done their masters everyone's done honours everyone's done their sports level one everyone's done their strength level one by you so I think um, they're the initial questions how to set yourself apart I think a lot of clinical questions um, questions that I've probably um, I think I've failed at were um, initially were um, putting it all together as a physio mm-hmm. I think as physios at times we are really good at reading the textbook and understanding a concept. Um, I'm not too sure how it works in the strength world. Um, understanding a concept, talking about the concept, diagnosing, but 
then putting it all together in the performance world is is a complete different thing. Yeah. Sure. Right. Um. Yeah. It's uh, how does it work within the program? Because you don't want to stop athlete moving just because he's got a sore calf. What else can he do? What can he do? And I think early days that's why I, where I slipped up. Um. And that made me learn because that came with time. Um. Yeah. Like like anything, you know, with time you learn, time you grow, and with failures you grow. So I think. Now, within being involved and embedded within a club with different different ways it's gone, it's been good because um, I've, I've kind of you know seen the different ways of doing things and able to again put it all together. Um, so that's within the sporting realm things. And again, like every physio question, you've got to be really sound clinically. Um, and as physios, you know we're the headdresses of the footy club, so you know you've got to be able to speak well, communicate well. Um, yeah, I think there's probably things I'd probably push over to make sure you, you're really good at. Communication, being honest, and you know, and probably rule number one: be a good person. Before anything, yeah, you, actually, you've got to learn pretty pretty quick in the in the elite world, don't you? And and like you've alluded to many times, um, you've got to be good at your craft, but also be able to understand the environment and how to communicate with different different lenses, whether it be the strength guy, the conditioning person, the athlete, the coaches, um, and like you've referenced and it's good for listeners to hear that the the importance of, of getting your hands dirty and, and giving yourself experience doesn't matter what level it is whether it be juniors community level but practicing it in the real world um there's no better experience yeah, is it? exactly right get, get your hands dirty and you should remember your role is not the most important role everyone everyone thinks their role is important so you got to collectively work and put it all together um but yeah rule number one get your hands dirty no matter what league it is where it is that's where you practice your clinical skills. Um, that's where you'll make your mistakes. That's and that's when it's important to step back and understand those mistakes, accept them, and you know learn from it and get better. There'll be um, there'll be no doubt some some young footballers tuning in and, and listening to this recording as well, or, or maybe tuned in live. For those guys like you've seen um, the best athletes at, at the highest level for for nearly a decade now, what, what do they do well? Um, from from any it doesn't have to be the the uh medical world but just how they prepare how they train game day everything that you've, you've seen that you've learned yourself what is what are some things that young footballers um need to focus on do you think i think that again being a one being a one club we've seen players come and go but we've also seen um you know kids from 20 2011 turn into men 2012 and um, at the Giants, um, you know, your original players. I think what they do really well that they're consistent and, and they're, being, they're consistent at being a professional footballer, not um, within club hours, but they're consistent at being a professional footballer uh, throughout their, um, you know, week. Um, and, and I think that they do the ninety-nine percent of the stuff really well, and they hound in into the one percent of things. So they they tick all those boxes. And you know, if you've, like I said, the footballers are listening. You know, our, our boys are. Um, be going to you know recovery centers in the days off, um, you know, doing the prep pre-training. Um, they'll be doing the extras post gym, and that that being really like us to tendon loading, you know, or extras in terms of their past history of you know, shoulder injury or knee injury. Um, and I think one of the big difference, big different things I've realised in players, and I reckon players that probably come from other clubs initially when they're old, older, and probably you know um, had the balls to ask, ask questions and challenge us. Why am I doing mm. this? Um, I think that well, kind of helps. We've had a couple of players come through, like example, Matty DeBoer is an example. He came from Frio. Um, you know, it's a, it's a healthy challenge, um, not not challenging your role, but you know, he asks and intrigues, and I think that's what actually sets players apart. And again, you're a football, um, 
like a football, you're not academic. The players want to know. Yeah, know, they're curious. That, they're curious. And again, like, 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 they're not just footballers. They're adults and teenagers and people like us. They want to know what's going on. And, you know, that they obviously, um, have trust in us because they have their careers with the injury in their hands. And obviously they want to have respect in us too. So I think it counts out all like that too. Yeah. And then um, when you're taking on um, a new athlete that you may not have worked before in a, in a rehab sense, um, how do you go about building rapport and, and building that buy-in, that trust, uh, yeah. early days, what, what are some of your big yeah. focuses? I think you know, you've probably ticked off the two things I'd probably love to talk about is trust and respect. Um, I think they're the biggest things you need before you start throwing them, throwing things at them. And this is a process, obviously, you know, in the rehab, like a long-term rehab realm or short-term, whatever it is. Um, you know, like I said before, that they've basically put their careers or injuries in your hands. So you want to build those trusts. And you know, I think initially it's about being black and white, honest, sitting down, talking timelines, um, setting expectations is really important. You know, when you sit down with the athlete. Um, not being fluff and like all rehab, you know, we've all seen that rehab graph. It never, it's never a nice real straight line and ups and downs and mm-hmm. highs and lows. But I think, um, they're the big important parts. And I think most importantly, I think, you know, you've got to stop treating all of them like footballers, treat them like, you know, teenage and adults. They're also people. Like, I think they'll be get caught up on tucking our shirt in and chucking, um, you know, the textbook at them. And, um, this is what we're doing and this is what the science says. And I think, you know, you'll get nowhere because you won't get buying. If you start off like that, you're definitely not going to buy in. Because players are respected. Um, and I think I've, you know, I've been lucky because I've been younger, so I haven't been able to do the tucking, throw textbook, shirt, you know, thing at athletes because I'll be too scared to. But um, yeah. I think I've been able to obviously, you know, grow within that realm where I've built trust and respect. And, and you know, when you actually have an honest conversation with them, they're taken on board. Um, and you know, within that comes, you know, like education. So that's within the rehab realm. And when you sit and speak to them, this is what you got. This is what's happening on. This is what's happening, mate. You're not drinking, blah, 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 you know. So um, I think that's the big key, education. And obviously, then, you know, you go through your training prep stuff within the rehab side of things. You know, before, you know, we kick off, these are things you need to tick off. Obviously, we prescribe it for them. But this is what you're going to be ticking off. I don't need to hold your hand. You know, you're an adult, blah, blah. I think if you give them that, it works really well. Um, if you hold their hand, you're setting them up to fail and you're also setting yourself up to fail because the day you've got six, 10, 12 rehabbers and you're holding all their hands, you're just running around mm. in circles and you're not providing, you know, one, the service you need to and two, you're doing wrong by them because they're just waiting on you and, you know, it's just a, it's a complete mess. Um, I think one of the big, also another thing, you know, you want to make sure you hone down on is um, reporting, um, you know, within the rehab space, you know, you've been involved as well. Yeah, I'm all good, man. Yeah, I can sprint. Hammy's feels fine. And then yeah. two days later, oh, Hammy's sore. I didn't tell you. Hammy's been tired, but I really want to play on the weekend. And it goes back to, you know, trust and respect and education. Yes, you can see it all time really well together. Um, mm. And I think, you know, if you show them those pieces, I think it works really well. Um, and I think the last thing, I mean, I'll probably put in that rehab space is, um, I think, Working within a SNC coach helps, but um, and the SNC coaches do this really well. But I think exposing your athlete within the rehab side of things to all key fundamentals or movement competencies, as we like to call it, um, you know, so they're um, you know bulletproof or you know um, competent in all areas before they exit rehab. Yeah, so they're the little global things I probably work on. I know you can talk in different streams of what you want to address, but I think they're the big key pillars, mate. Trust, respect, you know, education, training prep. Uh, teaching them, you know, or teaching that your fundamentals of programming and so forth that's in 
so they've come to complete our plea. Yeah, love it. And ultimately, that that communication and and relationship that you touch on with the trust and respect. If if it's not there, you know, you know, you'll have your plan, but that that recipe, that plan will have to you know change uh, at times. But if the athlete's not letting you know that they're having tight or that they're feeling certain symptoms then and there, then you can't really influence the situation and and pivot when you need to. Um, which doesn't get the best result. So love that, mate. Great, great pillars and, and thanks for sharing. We'll, we'll start to wrap it up, mate. It's been a great chat and, and thanks so much for your time. No uh, what are you excited about for, for 2021? What's on the horizon for you this year, Nosh? 2021 um, is a bit of a personal year. We've had our first um, child. So um, Congratulations. My, uh, it's a very um, left-field answer, but I think concentrate on family life because I'll never probably get this back. Um, the early days of you know him not running around and I can actually control it, being home for shower shower time and stuff like that. That's the biggest goal I've got actually at the moment. Um, being Love a dad, that. Um, yep. it's, we get so caught up and, you know, our space doesn't help in terms of football sporting world. We just get caught up on our identity being in sport, work, 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 um, you know, work for Sunday, play the game, win or lose, start again Monday. So I think being present is the biggest goal for 2021 um, professionally. Um, I think, you know, to push myself into more of a senior um position in a role and so forth would be the biggest goal and that be within Giants or elsewhere. It'll be interesting to see where it goes, yeah. Absolutely, mate. Well, I'm looking forward to um, seeing how your journey, like you said, how your path goes um, and uh, love that final message of being present. I'm, my son's two years old, so uh, you've got awesome. plenty of fun. Be, yeah, he'd be <laughs> running your end by now. So. He sure is. They keep us busy and it's a fun journey to be a part of. Uh, like you said, it doesn't happen again, so cherish it while you can. I appreciate it. Awesome, Ash. Well, we'll speak soon, mate. Thanks again for jumping on. No worries, and thank you for having me. Um, so I appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Awesome. Done. Thanks, mate. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode and want even more, our academy is for you. The Prepare Like a Pro Academy is a platform that hosts exclusive features and bonus content, such as a Q&A segment aimed at getting to know the guests on a more personal level. Here's an example with Emily Meehan, head sports dietitian at the Collingwood Football Club. What are things that, that fire you up? Oh, this one is always, uh, I suppose it is, um, it'll be topical for most people, I think, but staying in your lane. And I yep. often find that with nutrition, everyone eats, so everyone has an opinion. And I think that's what really gets me fired up um, because so many people try and provide nutrition advice based on their end of one experience when they did intermittent fasting or keto or whatever it might be and then game changes game changes whatever that might be and look it probably keeps me in a job but that it does drive me insane because sometimes the information can be so detrimental um, and opposite to what I've been working with my athlete or athletes and you know and because they hear it on someone's socials or through a documentary it unravels everything that I've been working with an athlete for yeah yeah another feature of our academy is the opportunity each week to join myself as co-host on the prepare like a pro live chat show here's an example with academy member Rama Davies the strength conditioning coach at the Box Hill Hawks Welcome, Rama, to the chat. Uh, Rama has also worked at, at Box Hill, or currently he's working at Box Hill Hawks with us, awesome. so he's another Box Hill man uh, in the strength and conditioning department. So 
I'll handle it over to you, Rama, to, to ask your question, mate. Thanks for joining us. Excellent. Thanks, Jack. And yeah, thanks, um, thanks, Sam, for the chat. It was uh, I found it to be really insightful. Plenty of gems in there, um, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, mate, my my question to you was: you spoke a, a, quite a bit about um, perspective during that chat, um, and I was wondering what are some of the things that you either know or um, do physically that um, you wish you either knew or did um, back at the beginning of your career? Uh, what are some of those things? Mm, yeah, good question. Um, yeah, so I suppose with perspective on life, um, that sort of point, um, it, yeah, certainly, yeah, has been massive for me now and, and didn't probably have that as much um, when I was younger. Um, I suppose one thing I might mention is is gratitude. I spend a lot of my mm. time um, doing a lot of gratitude exercises, listening to podcasts, doing a, a journal every day just a bit to say what I'm grateful for, sort of three things. And um, that's a fantastic way that I've been able to, yeah, like reset and, and just kind of gain that gratitude and perspective about, you know, that there is more to life than football or, you know, might be whatever as an SNC coach, you know, if something's you're having a hard time, um, it can be massive with just, yeah, opening your eyes a little bit and losing that sort of tunnel vision or being stuck in that, in that work bubble. Um, so that's, that's been huge. Um, I think I wish back then when I was younger, I asked more questions and was a bit more open to different things. Mm. I think I was a bit single minded back then. And, um, you know, I thought there was one way of doing things. And, um, if I kind of didn't have that fear of, you know, asking a silly question or fear of judgment, it would have got me a lot further and I probably would have learned a lot quicker. Um, and yeah. and yeah, like just, yeah, being open to sort of different things because um, you never know what you might find. It's just, yeah, there's so many people, like great people out there, knowledgeable people to learn off. And there's plenty more where that came from. If you would like to learn more, then enter patreon.com forward slash prepare like a pro or head to the link in our show notes. Thank you for listening to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. If you like this episode, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, give a review or even share with your mates. The show is recorded in Melbourne, Australia. Be sure to follow our Instagram page for all updates on our latest and greatest. If you would like to get in touch to suggest a guest or advertise with the Prepare Like a Pro podcast, please email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.